Indeed, that's right. It is the Lover and the Fighter podcast. Josh Cohen, Dean Thomas. I'm Lover, a.k.a. Brother Love. He's Fighter, UFC MMA pioneer, coach, corner, broadcaster, the UFC's king of all media, Dana White looking for a fight. Dean's Diaries. As well, pre-shows, post-shows, on the desk, sports center hits, and of course, coach's commentary during the fight, including this coming weekend's UFC 279. When do you head to Vegas Wednesday, Dean Thomas? Yeah, I head there tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm headed out tomorrow. And it's like a second home now. Like a second home. You know, just going out there, the dry heat. I'm used to it now. The little out, Well, this is a good time of year. Yeah, this this is not that bad no more. A few weeks ago was miserable. This is not that bad. Now you get 98, 99. A couple weeks ago, it's 112. Yeah. Consistent. And 98, 99 is not bad in Vegas. No. It feels pretty good, actually. It feels great. With yeah. the low humidity, you'd rather have that than we live in South Florida, those that don't know. We live in South Florida. Where the humidity is high, and it makes 85 feel unbearable. Yeah. You get to the desert... And with the low humidity, 99 feels nice. I know. Especially at nighttime. Before we get into this card, let's look back real quick at last weekend, Dean Thomas, and it was UFC Paris. What, further thoughts on the explosion of MMA in UFC in particular in the continent of Europe and in France in particular on the pay version, the premium content of this podcast, which you get at UFCFightPass.com. Hit subscribe, and then you'll find the Lover and the Fighter premium stuff there. The really good stuff there. But... Um, boy, they showed out, did they not? In Paris this past weekend. Yeah, they showed out. I mean, you know, it was out. it was all them years of not having it, and the, when they first had it, they definitely delivered. They showed up and said, "Listen, you should have been here a long time ago." Yeah, that's right. They were late to the party, like the state of New York. Yeah, they were late to. The, yeah, they were late to the party. Like it, it was. It's been illegal in France for the longest time. Right. So yeah, they showed up, baby. So in the co-main event of the evening, there was um, Marvin Vettori, who, who's really played like the tough guy and the loudmouth, and he wants to be that guy. He's an agitator yeah. in press conferences and that. But uh, Robert Whitaker, calm and consistent, shows that there's levels to this, and he's on just one he or was two a, He was a di- on a different level, just in speed, in speed. In diversity, just everything in the, about the game of MMA, Robert Let, uh, Whitaker was a step ahead of him. What's next for him? He's a former champion, and then, of course, there's been difficulties with his health. And, um, well, there's been, a, there's, been, there's been a lot of issues for Robert Whitaker since 2016. I think what he was champion in 2016, 2017, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, been a, it's been a minute. What's next for a guy I like mean, Robert Whitaker? You know, that's tough to say because... He gets kind of lost in the wall. He gets kind of lost because he fought the champ twice already. So, and then if so, the champ Israel's fighting Alex Pereira. If if Alex wins, the Israel probably get a rematch. So it's kind of tough for Robert Whitaker. Yeah, there's not really a lot of challenges left for him. He's in that spot now. Kind of we talk about Poirier. Yeah, where it's like you're in this group, so so you can't that you can main event, co-main event, but you're not really looking at title fights. I mean, if I'm Robert Whitaker, I'm like, all right, give me Paulo Costa, you know, just really? just to stay ready and warm because Paul, I think he just yeah. shut Paulo Costa out. And as far as scheduling is concerned, look, it's a business, and the UFC is owned by a publicly traded company. And the bottom line isn't what's fair or who deserves. The bottom line is profit. Yeah. People need to understand that. Profit. Yeah, just making money. Right. There's a reason why certain movies play on cable TV all the time. Because yeah. people watch it when they're Shawshank Redemption. Right. You know, yeah. Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the continent of Australia, um, they've got champions. Mm-hmm. They've got names. They've got brands that have now superseded Robert Whitaker. So he's not... Yeah, he's that not guy. that they don't they don't need him no more. Yeah. They don't necessarily need him. Right. All right, let's look ahead to this weekend now, Dean Thomas. And it is 279 from T Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. 
John Anik talks so fast, and yet he never stumbles. Yeah, he's so good. He's so smooth. He talks so fast. That's a that's a guy who's never had a concussion. But he, yeah, right. the way he talks, they, you can he's tell. never had a concussion. But he also works really hard. Of course, he, he does. doesn't. He doesn't party with the guys. He doesn't no. go out drinking. The only time I ever see him is in the gym running, and then he goes back to the room and just starts studying. When you look at John Anik's handwritten notes, and they are handwritten notes, it looks like the chalkboard in Goodwill Hunting. I know. <laughs> It does, right? Like, and he's got he's got a gang of them. He's got a gang of just of all these notes where he's just. How about when Ben the Bane Davis, who's a young man you and I are both fond of, mm-hmm. uh, an up and coming MMA media personality and personality his own right, and he does the impressions and he does uh, he does the impression on Twitter where he's John Anik. He's like um, into this third round fun fact. Chimaev's great uncle invented tartar sauce. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> He's just making like, just like make how it. do you know these things? Uh, Anik is the most prepared of anyone in any sport. Yeah, he for, he for sure is so prepared. Yeah. So you are going to be on the weigh-in show Friday morning having some fun with your crew. Uh, Laura yep. Sanko, is it Daniel Cormier? Daniel Cormier. And, and Dan Helley. Uh, they're in Vegas. And then... It is fight night, Saturday night, and, and this is one of those crowds. I mean, it's a Stockton, California crowd. You know, it's a 209 crowd. Yeah, it's going to be a 209 and crowd. And it's also, this, this is a fight card for people who love violence. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily the most interested in complexities of jujitsu. They're not maybe the you know the biggest fans of the purest of martial arts. They like to see somebody get their ass beat. Yeah, and and, and you got Tony Ferguson on this card. You got Kevin Holland on this card. You got Nate Diaz, Hamzat Chimaev. This is a, a violent fight crowd for a violent fight card. I could just imagine what it's going to smell like inside the arena. You already know what it's going to smell. I like. just it's going to permeate through the entire you, you, air all night long. You ever been on Snoop Dogg's tour bus? Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet the whole place is going to be so smoky. There's a few dudes on this card that are like, "Look, if Nate doesn't blaze, you know, during the press conference, I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't care." Right. So don't expect there to be. Yeah, this is not a fight card where you bring the family because you're in Vegas. No, and you're like, oh, bring- kids, let's go see some of the yeah, fighting. I just I don't trust it. <laughs> no, y'all want to go see Frozen at the yeah, Tropicana? Yeah, something yeah, this, like that. This ain't the one. All right, so let's talk about Tony Ferguson for a second because that's a tough matchup for him. He is a plus two forty dog. We'll get your pick on this over at UFC Fight Pass with the premium content. But uh, for Ferguson, tough guy, but tough opponent. Yeah, I mean, you know, and sometimes the opponent doesn't get the credit that he deserves because he's most known for getting beat up by Chimaev. Right. He's kind of embarrassed by Chimaev. But he's a well, ca- well, carried he, he over carried to where Dana and is. Like, and then destroyed and put to sleep. Yeah. But he's a really tough guy. In fact, he's probably the toughest male guy to come out of China so far. Really? Yeah, and that's what they've been, you know, that's kind of really what his, his thing is. Well, if you remember, he had no interest in tapping. He no, had no, he interest. had no interest in he tapping. He was like, if I got to die here, I'll die here. Right. And he almost did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got pretty close, close. to that line. Pretty close. But he got, but he, I bet he saw a grandparent. Yeah. <laughs> I bet a grandparent was like, not yet. Yeah, he met his ancestors. Not yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but the thing is, he doesn't get enough credit. So this is a tough opponent for Tony Ferguson, but there are some positives for Tony. I mean, he doesn't have to cut all the way to 155. So I'm sure he's a lot more comfortable now. And we know, like, even with his fight against Chandler, he had his moments. So he was fighting he good up until, he was winning the fight up until the kick. So right. we know that he might still have a little something left. We just need to know how much. Yeah, this is at welterweight at 170 pounds. Um, quickly, we'll d- touch base on Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez because while we'll get your pick on this and the real, real insight on this, um, you believe that Rodriguez maybe punches harder 
than Holland realizes. Or he might. He might, might be prepared for. Yeah, he might be. You know, I just I don't know where Kevin Holland's head is right now. I don't know what he's you know where he's at right Fighting now. Mentally. Yeah, where he's at mentally. But I just know that you know in in the past you know he could get a little wild and and he could let some punches get through. But he can't afford to do that with a guy who has a reputation in prison for being a hard puncher. So like that's yeah. you know, this Daniel Rodriguez thing that has a, like a reputation all over the streets of like L.A. With Kevin Holland, you really don't know what you're going to get as far as the mental right, side for sure. of how focused is he, how much does he really want to win as opposed to just keep talking smack during and then, you know, fight out the fight, the three rounds. Yeah, and his coach, Travis Luter, once told me he was the most talented and athletic individual he ever worked with. Really? Yeah, and like he and he's, he's special in that way, but we just don't know it's, the maturity that he has right now. So it's crazy because in tennis, and there's parallels with tennis and with MMA, and people say, well, you're crazy, but Nick Kyrgios is a guy, and you see him at the U.S. Open, he keeps advancing, and he's wearing a T-shirt while he you know, practices, Alexander Volkanovsky, he's a fellow Aussie, but uh, he's a guy with so much natural talent, gifted ability, but some nights it just seems like he doesn't really want to win. Yeah, sometimes yeah. they want to be there. And sometimes I get that impression with, with Kevin, you know, like, He's a, he knocked out you know Joaquin Buckley. He knocked out Jacare from his back, you know. So and he That's does right. and he does these crazy things, and then he gets in there, you know, with some opponents and just kind of hangs out and just kind of plays around and talks. And it's just hold on a second, weird. I just got a text from Stephen A. Smith. He said you referred to uh, Jacare Sosa, but you got his name wrong. Oh, Stephen A. Smith, you know how he turned out when he broke the news the fight was off because of a COVID test on a Friday night on ESPN. When Stephen A. had to get the headline. He pronounced uh, Sosa's name how? Jakari. Jakari Soso. <laughs> Jakari Soso. <laughs> Remember Stephen A. was trying to be like the UFC insider? Yeah. And they said is, breaking that... news for the UFC fight card, and Stephen A. Smith has a scoop. Uh, sources have told me <laughs> that Jakari Soso has contracted the COVID virus. <laughs> and that didn't last long. Jakari Soso. They they ran, MMA crowd ran Stephen A up out of there. They'll do that. Yeah, they ran him out. All right, so we'll get your pick on that and the further insight over the premium content of this podcast. This podcast continues. It goes deeper and further. That's what she said. Over at UFCFightPass.com. Deeper and further. You heard what I said. To the main event of the evening, and um, this is one for people who wake up and choose. I've been accused of waking up and choosing violence. Yeah. Um, some people like to say, yeah. And, and th- this is Hamzat Chamayev and Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz said, give me a fight. Give, give me a fight. He won't give me a fight. <laughs> and then Dana said, if you want to fight, we got to fight for you. Here's an opponent for you. And Saturday night, we all get to see, like, how this shakes out, and and you're concerned. It's, I'm I'm very concerned because it's it's just stylistically a bad matchup. So you know if they were to fight a hundred times, like we know how it would go, ninety percent ninety percent of the really? time. Really, yeah, we know how that would go. The other ten percent may go. You uh, know, can be a little different. So so since this is the the free podcast, and there are some quote unquote casual fans that are just now learning, discovering, or maybe they're Dean Thomas fans and they're just learning about MMA. When you say matchup wise, style, we know that styles make fights. And that's easy for us to say that grew up watching boxing and then MMA. But how would you explain to these folks in general sense why matchup-wise this favors significantly the uh, minus 1,100 favorite in Hamzat Chemaev <laughs> versus the plus 700 underdog in Nate Diaz? Well, Nate Diaz is a volume fighter. He's a long-lasting fighter, so he has to fight, and, and it takes him a while before he can Well, kinda, good for him. It's five right, rounds. Right, and it's good for him. Well, it's five rounds. Scheduled, However, scheduled. but you still have to get through those five rounds, and Chemaev has shown to be a buzzsaw within the time that he fights, and when he punches, he punches really hard. Yep. Nate Diaz 
while he had, while he has a decent chin, I mean it's it's only it only lasts up for so long. And yeah. he's been knocked out before. Mm-hmm. You got a guy like Jemayev who really I saw him uppercut a guy into into the moon. Yeah, yeah. So like I mean, like a Popeye cartoon. Yeah, he did. He uppercut a guy like, like that Popeye time Alistair Overeem. Yeah, got turned into a rainbow. Yeah. His feet were touching <laughs> yeah. the mat, and so was his head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that like a slinky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slinky dog. Yeah. yeah. So so Jemayev hits really hard. So if he I think if he touches, I think that's what Nate has to worry about the most. Like, Nate's a decent boxer, but I think he's got to worry about the hands of Chimaev. The moment thus far has not been too big for Hamza Chimaev. With that said, he's never been the main event. He's never been the five-round, the focal point. And now is his chance to be just that. Is there any possibility that the moment is too big? Is there any possibility that since Nate Diaz, literally, this is his going-away party, right? This is the screw it, I don't care, I want to fight, get me paid, get me out of here. I want to go fight Jake Paul, make some real money. Is there any chance that the moment is too large? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think and I think the reason why is because his fight with Gilbert Burns showed him that he wasn't wasn't a head and head and shoulders above everybody else. So I think that that put him put him in his place to realize I can't just go out there and just beat everybody up like I thought I could. So now I know that if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I can be patient and Take, and take it easy. So I don't think the moment's going to get away from him. I don't think he's going to go out there and feel this pressure like he has to go out there and destroy Nate. Dean Thomas's official pick on this fight is available at UFCFightPass.com where the premium continuation content of this podcast exists. Go to UFCFightPass.com for that. Um, how would Stephen A. Smith say uh, Hamzat Chamayev's name? Hamzat Chamayev. <laughs> Pretty close, yeah. yeah. Or something like a Hazmat Chiminoff. Hazmat Chiminoff. Hazmat Chiminoff got a chance to fight <laughs> Nathan Diaz. Nate Diaz. And what does he know about Nate Diaz? Not nothing. <laughs> I don't Poor know. Stephen like, a. Probably nothing. Stephen A didn't deserve this today. <laughs> Poor Stephen A. Uh, by the way, you can also uh, Google Dean Thomas as Stephen A. Smith World MMA Awards for the greatest impression that we've ever seen um, in one comedy bit. Why you should be on SNL. If, if, at least doing Stephen A bits. At least just doing Steve. Well, if Stephen A on MMA bits. Yeah, right. It's a very right. small, right. Narrow, yeah. narrow target. <laughs> yeah. All right. For Dean Thomas, JC saying, subscribe, like, comment, tell your friends to tell their friends we could be friends. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the next episode of the Lover and the Fighter podcast.